it's Coach Tori, and this is Raising Runners. We talk running, fitness, mental health, and so many more topics. As the founder of a youth running program, I approach all of our conversations with our youth athletes in mind and kind of have a focus around those things. But as you will see, we are finding that all of these topics relate to runners and people who like to move and do fitness or anything like that um, relates to everybody. Check it out. Hey, it's Coach Tori. And Jeff. And this is Raising Runners and probably Happy New Year at this point um, when you'll be listening to this. Um, So that's super exciting. Today, we're going to talk a little bit about um, running, goals, New Year's resolutions, even though it's not like super my thing. Um, And then we're going to talk about cold weather running because at least for us, it is definitely getting chilly. Uh, and I imagine a lot of people are experiencing cold weather running as well. So it kind of feels super relevant to, um, you know, the beginning of January here on the East coast. Um, but anyway, so, well, how's it going? Um, oh, it's awesome. Yeah. yeah uh, oh, did you have a nice there? holiday? Yeah. Yeah. It was good. I mean, we didn't get a chance to see each other on holiday, but, um, yeah. yeah, no, it was good. It was busy. I'm sure you were busy. Um, but yeah, I had, uh. A lot of in-laws here and there. Um, yeah. So it was fun, though. We did almost like Williams Olympics. We did a little bit of a bunch of those games. Oh, fun. Um, for the kids, because we didn't have a lot of gifts for them. Like, once once kids get older, as you know, uh, from my standpoint to you, uh, it gets difficult to, like, find gifts that they, one, you now believe that they do need or you know that they need, or two, that you, you can pick the right thing for them. So right. uh, we just did games and uh, money. It was fun. Oh, that's super you? fun. Yeah, you, um, you, you're in a different era right now. You're in that where the, this is the best time for Christmas. I am like in my peak Santa Claus era. Um, So no, it was it was fun. But I also feel like, you know, peak toddler. I think the amount of times I heard more presents, I want more presents. Are there more presents is like my brain is about to explode because it just getting new things is so fun and all the you know presents and I just want all the things and the stuff. And, um, so that was, I mean, it was very cute. He had a great Christmas, I think, um, and did a lot of fun present stuff. Um, but yeah, no, it, it was good. It just was, you know, it's, it's fun being on the other side, but it's also just like, Oh my gosh, trying to help someone who's like way overstimulated by all of the fun, like manage their emotions is just kind of a lot. Yeah. Um, you know, well, and then I'll, like, oh, go ahead. And I was out to schedule some time with you so to get over there to do, to add to your problems by giving him a bunch more gifts. So, yeah, I know. Well, we ended up taking some presents home from mom's house from like Mimi and, and whatever. And, you know, Josh and I were talking, we were like, should we give them some another day? I was like, you know what? Let's just do more presents today. Let's get all the presents out of the way so we can just be like, today was the present day and the rest of our life is just going to have to be no presents. Like I was like, Christmas isn't for like a whole nother year now. Like it's going to be a really long time before we're getting presents. Maybe you can buy yourself a present with your money, but like, no, sorry. Um, I mean, you so. can let them open them. Like, can you not like hide them for like a month and say like, yeah, at least hide like some of them to then pull them out like, hey, remember when you got this? Oh, it's been in the back of the closet. We just brought it out. Look at how fun this new thing is. Yeah, maybe. I mean, we've been playing with everything constantly. He also like didn't get a whole bunch of stuff, Um, but 
Yeah, and I, I mean, he just likes things in a bag. He likes to, I mean, like the Amazon boxes. He's like, they, we just got, you know, stuff delivered and he's asking to open. Sorry, no one else probably thinks this is interesting. Yeah. <laughs> but, you know, he's trying to open like the Swiffer wet, you know, wet jet wipes. And he's like, open the box, open the box. I'm like, it's like really not fun, but just like yeah. that's fun. So, you know, but holidays, yeah. we we made it. I've run once this week. Um, <laughs> so it's like a great way to get into our resolutions, probably. Um, do you do you do resolutions? New Year's I do, resolutions? man. I'm a big fan of resolutions. Ah. I'm a big fan. Yeah, yeah. I do. I, I come up with some every year. All right. So let's let's hear what are yours for this this coming yeah, year. This year I'm stealing from the mother's runners. I thought, you know, I oh, just this right. podcast I prepared a little bit before my own. I got a couple for myself. Um, and I'm sure you're gonna add a, you know, I know you're not a big fan of them, but we'll we'll talk about a couple that you should have. So their list is nine. Um, uh, we'll run through those, and I think they're all great, right? Number one, strength training twice a week. Um using heavy weights, primarily full body. Their recommendation is to do it on the days you do your hard running. So for me, it would be hmm. my speed days. Uh, I think the idea is you're already breaking your legs down a bit, more so than maybe uh, an easy run. And you know, get it all done at once, right? Break them down even further with the weight training. So therefore, you have the full day off the next day if that happens to be the day you're off. And, and what I've been doing historically has been run a day and then my lift my lifting days might be on my one or two days off so mm -hmm. my legs really never get a break yeah they're not doing running but they're doing weight training so i like this idea better i'm going to adopt this one to do them on my uh probably my uh, speed days um i'm also going to go to twice a week from three times a week i think i decided that probably a month ago I, I didn't hear about any of this as your running coach, for the record. <laughs> we haven't caught up. No, I, I do also have my uh, marathon training pro program. That, so whenever we get together, and maybe next week, um, I'll go through my marathon training program with you, make sure you're buying in um, what's in there. So Okay. Right. <laughs> okay. <laughs> number two, before I get yelled at some more. Yeah. Some more. Um, number two, do mobility work twice a week. Um, mm -hmm. I, I'm all over that one, too. I've been doing it you know, maybe a little bit more inconsistently. I think it's got to just be discipline built into the process. And those can be on the recovery days. Those can be on the rest days where you're doing your mobility, stretching. I do core those days as well. But I think that's also a great one, mobility twice a week. Um, I think by doing lifting twice a week and mobility twice a week, again, it can be a lot for some people who are just managing to get their four runs in. But if you're willing to add a little bit more time, even if it's 30 minutes to do your full body workout, or you know another twenty minutes to do your mobility, it's it's well worth the investment in those areas. And again, you may not be able to do it every week, but um, be consistent for twenty twenty four. That's my goal. <laughs> um, number three, warm up and cool down every run. That's on their list. Probably not on mine. Um, I know you as a coach would say it should be on everyone's list and it should be on my list, especially at sixty two. Um, but yeah, I, I, I do find myself, I skip, I tend to skip these, uh, again, not intentionally. I just, I just finished my run. I'm like, it just doesn't enter my mind to go do my uh, cool down and my warm ups are usually like, I, I touch my toes and I go, cause most of my runs are easy runs. I mean, for a speed workout, I will do more warm up than I will for like an easy run. And my apology again for not following all of your advice. Well, I mean, and I, um, I'm drawing a huge blank on 
was it the the stride shop um the two pts that were on the show oh my gosh probably a year ago at this point but they are like running specific pts and they were talking about like reframing how we're thinking about warm-up cool down um you know like walking a couple minutes just before it can be your warm-up so you might be doing more of a warm-up cool down than you think um Mm -hmm. because it doesn't have to be the drills and stuff um but yeah well, then you'll love, love number four, which is <laughs> two strides and drills twice a week. I like and it. I think, and you can tell me, like, I would think that you could build into your planned run, uh, you, you know, maybe a few minutes before, a few minutes after, even during, you know, do some of these strides and drills uh, while you're doing your run, but try to be conscious of building them into your workout. And, and I will say, I, I think I've made a vast improvement year over year in my time, right? So my marathon, my half marathon time went from basically one hour and 46 minutes to one hour and 39 minutes, which basically is 30 seconds a mile off, off my time per mile. So I think a lot of that comes out from technique and not a lot of it came from conditioning. Most of it came from my stride rate um, and, and things like this to make a difference in, in technique is my opinion as a receiver of coaching, not as a coach. Oh, totally. Yeah. I mean, it's all about that efficiency. Um, and with efficiency, we're also reducing injury. So you're taking away, you know, you're eliminating that time that you might have to be rehabbing and stuff too. So, um, you know, kind of kills a couple birds with one stone. Yep. Number five, get at least seven hours of sleep a night. That's been on my list a lot. Uh, I'm pretty good. Uh, now that I've retired about getting seven hours at least to sleep a night, I've actually gotten sometimes a lot more than that. Um, not as often as I'd like, but yeah, seven hours isn't an issue for me anymore. Uh, I don't know about you. It probably is a much bigger issue for you. <laughs> <laughs> I shouldn't even, I shouldn't yeah, even what, say what that. What is seven hours know. of sleep? <laughs> yeah, per week. <laughs> right. Yeah. All right. I'll, I'll skip by that one before you launch into something on that one. Um, number six. Uh, commit to listening to your body. And I think that's something you know, most people think of that in terms of like, as you're either very fatigued, trying to prevent that injury, if you feel a nagging injury coming out, taking that extra day off. Um, but it's also, I think, this is one I'm not very good at, and I need to be much better in 24, is listening to how you feel during your run. And if, if my goal for my run is to be an easy run, I have to you know, my, my watch tells me every mile what my heart rate is. And it tells me I'm at 4.2. I'm not in an easy run mode. I'm already into zone four, which I don't want to be in. I really want to be in zone three and below. For, we're into zones. Three and below for those easy runs and those long runs. And then zone really high four into five for that speed work. Um, and I got to really be conscious of that because today's a perfect example. I went out to run. I was feeling good. I heard it was 4.2 and I just kept at the same pace instead of slowing down, which is what I need to do. Just slow a little bit further down to, to drop your heart rate back into the proper zone. So that's all, that's also part of listening to your body. Yeah. I think that's a great one. Yeah. No, I love, I love this list. I'm a, I don't know. I, I don't normally read mother's run, mother runners, but I may start now. <laughs> um, number seven, fuel before, during, and after your runs. Not just yeah. before, not just during, not just after, all three. Um, again, I think it's good advice. We, we hit that one a lot last week mm-hmm. um, in talking about the marathon stuff. It's certainly critical during marathons, 
obviously shorter runs and speed work and stuff. I'm not going to do, I don't eat during my speed workouts. It just, that's not really me. Um, number eight is, is stuck. Get your number blood eight. checked every six months. Thank you very much for jumping in on that one. Cause I got, I lost it. Um, <laughs> I actually do it once a year now, but I am going to adopt. I'm going to go for every six months now because something can crop up and you can get, you know, whether it be iron low, tends to be more women than men for that one. But there are a lot of things you can get out of whack that you, you do need to get checked. And, you know, it's, it's, it's just good to know. I, I like the, I like the comfort of knowing that I don't have anything that completely out of whack or something I need to work on. And then number nine, what's number nine on the list? Celebrate the wins daily. That's yeah. a good one. Uh, that's good. I mean, that goes back to sort of a gratitude journal. Mm -hmm. Not a big believer in those. Uh, uh -huh. I, and again, I shouldn't say I'm not a believer because I do certainly believe there are benefits to be had. I should say I'm not an adopter of it. I haven't sort of embraced it to where I'm actually writing stuff down. But yeah, there it, it is something that's been proven in those longevity studies to to really benefit people in their in their health and longevity. So. That's my commercial for saying it's great to do. I just haven't found the way to do it yet. You do so, it? Uh, no, I do not write. I have, you know, gone in and out of habit buildings hard, um, especially when like you have no control over your life, which I feel like I do not. No. <laughs> um, but no, I have, I have done, you know, handwriting, which is the best version. Um, I've also done like voice recordings. I've done, you know, typing. Um, and now we just do at night, like with me, with James, you know, what was your favorite thing of the day? So not necessarily gratitude. Cause I think he's a little young to understand what that even means. Um, but we do kind of try to highlight positives every day. Uh, so I feel like on some level I'm doing that. Okay. Right, well, we'll go with that. And so I have a couple to add from my own personal goals. For this, yeah, I was going to say, what's what's yours? My personal goals is still, so I, I just mentioned my half marathon time, which I just had my best run ever in, in mid-December. So my goal is to take it from 139 in 2024 to 135. So probably another 30 seconds per mile off mm -hmm. uh, in that range, uh, which is, you know, there's a law of diminishing returns, right? There's only so much you can take off as a, based on my genetics on what I can get to. Uh, so that's probably a lofty goal for me. Um, and then a Boston qualifying time uh, is, is, is sort of a two-part goal. It's one qualify for Boston. For me, that's uh, a 350 marathon. And, but I do believe I've got potential to go better than that. So I'm shooting for a 330 to 340 marathon is my goal for 2024. How about you? I like it. Um because I'm not really a resolutions person. I hadn't put a whole lot of thought into it. Um, well, you're so going to complete the first marathon for 2024, right? That's our, we've already discussed this one. The yes. Mar marathon. <laughs> Marathon's on the list. Um, and I guess outside of that is just having more days where I run than days that I do not. Cause I've been feeling for the past like two months that running is really like not happening or fitting in my schedule. And so my goal is to at least try to make that happen majority of the time, uh, which is obviously going to have to happen if I'm running a marathon. <laughs> so, do you keep a Do you keep a weekly log? Uh, no, I just started trying to do something um, where I'll have like every workout I want to do in the week, including like core stretching, strength, and as, as like whatever gets done, uh, crossing them off the list because I'm like trying to plan like 
do this run this day and this day I, I get stuck in the cycle of like not completing what the plan was and then you know it's just like so demoralizing so yeah that's what I've been trying to do weekly, so now it's more of a weekly goal like okay this week I'm gonna try to get these three runs or four runs done to get more runs than that and yeah you need to get four right so um along with your core and other things that you're doing so that's a lofty <laughs> goal uh yeah so that's that's the goal um I know who would have thought it would have been so much easier back when like I was having to schedule around napping, but it was like, he had to nap every day. So I ran every day. Um, so you can nap in the stroller and now it's like, we don't do that. So when am I running? Um, yeah. So 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 as a coach, you tell me, I need to have a marathon plan and I've got one, you know, we, I discussed the sort of outline of it, but it's a 16 16 week plan, which I'm going to start on January 1st. Okay. To the end of April, um, right in line with that, may 5th uh, providence marathon mm-hmm. right, do you have a program that you're following <laughs> no <laughs> no um i'm going to have a program that you're going to follow i'm gonna have to do something um yeah, yeah i'm gonna have to do something uh this i was like reverse coaching I'll, i can i can i can i also be your coach then yeah yeah <laughs> that works um yeah, no, I was thinking I'm going to have to try to get some, you know, weekend miles in possibly, or I mean, actually it doesn't have to be weekend because my life is the same every day. Um, I got to find a long run day during the week or weekend um, and try to just make sure that happens every week. And then as you know, it has to get longer and longer. I'm going to have to figure out something with that. Um, so, yeah, no, I have more of a plan around like logistics of like, am I going to have to do back-to-back runs, long runs instead of you know, trying to get like 16 miles in at a time. And, but we're kind of far from that. So yeah, you're my, yeah. like a 16 week plan. It sounds like a, like a, a, a concept. I've got a concept. It's now. a concept of kind of like uh fly by the seat of my pants till we make it to May. <laughs> well, it's worked for you before, right? So you ran the half marathon in Philly the distance run, right? With, with, with probably a spotty running schedule. So yeah, it was, it was definitely better than it is currently, but, um, yeah, I mean, really, that was also, I was just trying to focus on making sure I had one long run a week. Um, and as long as I got that, wasn't too worried about what the rest of everything looking like. Okay. So, yeah, that's probably most important. You want to yeah. get into cold weather running now that Let's we're going to do all this running because cold weather it's running. Be cold. We're living in New Jersey and we live in Pennsylvania, and that's cold weather for January, February, and March. Yeah. So, um, I feel like we've also in various podcasts touched on lots of different cold weather things. Um, so I feel like some of this is going to be like repetitive and whatever else, but at least it'll all be in like one place specifically now. Um, so I don't know anybody that really loves running in the cold. Um, and when I'm saying cold, I'm thinking like twenties, right? Like that's to me, like it's thirties, it's twenties, it's cold. Um, Cause obviously like ideal marathon, long running conditions, whatever is like chillier than I think some of us think is like warm, nice weather. Um, so I guess it is really all perspective there. Um, but so first things just to talk about quick, like tips to make running in the cold better. Um, and so I had just done a newsletter. So we're taking a lot of this off of a newsletter for all of my, um, runners. Um, and then I also found some things just on, runner's world of like other suggestions of how to make cold running better. But first is warming up. We just talked about warming up as a resolution. So it kind of fits in perfectly like that. 
um, warming up inside. So again, now you're probably gonna have to be flexible thinking a little differently about how you're warming up because I think a lot of us do, you know, either I mentioned the walk, um, some easy miles, whatever it is, um, some slow running to get started. You're probably not gonna be doing that inside unless you have access to your treadmill somewhere warm, which is something you definitely do. Um, but doing some kind of warm up inside, starting your routine inside. So you're not just having to put on all the gear and then you're shocking your body out into the cold, right? That's like not super fun for a lot of us. And then you're also dressing probably too warmly because you're just like, I know it's going to be so cold outside. So the indoor warm up helps up with a little bit of kind of making all of that adjustment easier. So doing jumping jacks, um, some kind of dynamic stretches, you know, toe touches, high, you know, doing some high knees, getting your drills in. So this is another great way to get your drills in too, right? You can do yep. your high knees, your butt kicks. You can even do the skips like in place. Um, or again, if you have your treadmill, you can do some walking or running on the treadmill. If you have your bike inside, you can do a little bit of biking inside. Um, you know, if you're really getting after it, do like a minute of burpees and then do something else. Um, but yeah, so that can help get your body kind of blood flowing. You're feeling a little warm. Um, now you're probably able to put on a more appropriate outside outfit because again, you want to be warm, but you don't want to be so warm that you're now just like sweating like crazy as soon as you get outside. Um, because then you're just going to get a chill and then you're just gonna be really miserable on your run. Um, so that helps. Um, also another thing that's suggested is like gradual warm up on your actual running too. So not going out there and immediately going right into the pace you're used to, um, maybe starting a little slower, which I think a lot of us do sometimes as our warm up anyway, you know, doing that first mile a little bit slower um, than the pace that you're planning to run the rest of the run. So doing something like that too, um, just to again, kind of ease into everything, make it feel a little less uncomfy because it definitely can. Um, another thing, and I was thinking, I like to, when I used to just run in the morning in the cold, I would like to drink some coffee before I went for my run. Um, you know, kind of feel like you're warming up the inside of you first. And I think you were, was it last week? And then this episode hasn't even come out yet, but, um, you're talking about caffeine makes everything feel more positive. Was that on yeah. the show? Yeah. So again, you drink some caffeine, you're automatically going to think like this isn't as bad as you would think if you were not caffeinated, um, going outside, but another way to use coffee or something like that is having a reward after for getting your run done. I feel like a lot of us are very rewards based. Um, and I know even now I'll say like, if I actually make it to my 5am run before, you know, the whole house is up, I will go get myself a coffee or something for the day. So having some kind of incentive, it can be coffee. It can be whatever else, um, to kind of help you get out the door will definitely, um, make starting easier so that'll yeah. be good for incorporating your drills, having a warm up twice a week. You're already meeting all of these new year's resolutions. Um, anything to add to warm up? Yeah. So I, I guess the two things, one is I, I like the coffee one in, in, in addition to sort of helping wake up psychologically and, and maybe also with the caffeine, um, you know, that stimulant, it, I do find maybe it's an age thing that I, I have a hard time after being in bed for now seven plus hours for sleep, getting up and then having my body feel comfortable running. I mean, my back tends to more likely spasm partway through my run if I do that. Um, so I do think that like being up, moving, again, for me personally, just moving around for that hour, having that coffee, I am in a much better position than the person I would like to be, which is the person that can sort of get up and then just go out for that 10 mile run. 
I can't do it. And I do, uh, I do enjoy that coffee to sort of get me sort of ready to go. The other thing, the other mistake I tend to make is I tend to put all my warm up clothes on. Like I tend to dress for what I'm going to be in the outdoors when I'm indoors. And then I'm not so mentally ready to go. So I may spend like 20 minutes all dressed up in all of my clothes indoors and not ready to go yet. Uh, and now I'm hot and now I'm sweaty. And then I get back outside and then that cold sort of still <laughs> hits you. You really yeah. just want to make sure you put that last layer on as you're about to walk out the door. Make sure you're ready to go when you put that last layer on. Yeah. And we'll definitely get into um, dressing for the weather um, yeah. in a second too. But um, yeah, no, that's a good one. Um, mental preparation for going outside in the cold. Obviously, you have to just know that it's going to be a little uncomfortable. Um, so having realistic goals, but also realistic expectations of the conditions outside, but then also like, how are you running in those conditions? Um, do you need to be a little slower? Do you need to have flexible, um, like a training plan too, right? So sometimes if it's super, super cold, you're probably not going to want to be running a super long run because you're just gonna be outside in the cold longer. So how are you able to adjust what your schedule looks like? Um, having that in mind that you may need to adjust some things with cold weather often comes ice, slippery conditions, um, you know, rain, sleet, snow. So being able to flex your schedule a little bit, flex your idea of what you're doing for that workout. If the roads are slippery, you're not going to be running super fast, which maybe you had a speed workout planned. Um, so kind of thinking of those things as well. Uh, so you're not kind of just disappointing yourself because you're like, I'm not able to get out and do what I needed to do because of the weather. Um, so having that in mind, but then also just being positive, right? We talked about visualization before, um, we talked about mantras, all those positive things. So, um, kind of finding a way to feel motivated to be outside running when it looks like a winter wonderland can be super fun. Um, looking at the scenery, uh, but also, you know, you can use visualization. I think we talked about it a little bit, um, in the marathon episode of when you're visualizing like a race or whatever it is, you don't just, you don't have to just think of like the actual visuals, right? You can think of how you're feeling in those moments. So you can be visualizing yourself going out for your cold run and feeling positive about it, feeling good after you're doing it, you know, looking forward to getting out the door and doing it that way. Um, and that's going to help you actually have those feelings. Your body's going to remember like, Oh, I've, it's going to remember. I say in quotes, like I've done this before I've gone outside and ran in the, the cold and felt good about it. So, um, those are other ways to kind of get your brain ready to be able to go kind of rule it out in the cold. Yeah. And I think, um, you know, I, it's funny cause I, I do, once you, once you properly prepare and we're going to go through that in a couple of minutes, right. By different temperatures, if you're dressed properly, I find the cold run is almost as comfortable as the warm run. Again, you got a bunch of stuff on, but body temperature wise, it's not like you, I, I'm not shivering when I get home, unless I, I still, I will say there are a few times I've dressed inappropriately and yes, the run itself is miserable, but if you're dressed properly, the, the run itself, in my mind, it tends to really flow a lot like any other run, right? A, a 60 degree day versus a 40 degree day. It's just a, it's just another layer. It's a little more restrictive, but you don't notice that after you start running. So I do feel like comfort wise, it's, it's very similar if you're prepared. Right. If you're prepared, I think a lot of it really is that in our heads, just the shock of like, I don't want to go outside. Cause like, I think a lot of us don't like being outside in the cold. Um, so just like not wanting to be outside in the cold, not wanting to do it. Um, and then again, we're going to talk about this in a second too. Um, 
you know, with the cold weather often comes more dark too. So having to go out and do your morning run when it's pitch black, when it didn't used to be, or doing your run after work when it's already been dark for hours and it didn't used to be that way, um, can also just feel way less motivating. Um, yeah, that, so, that, listen, that's definitely tough. Yeah. <laughs> yeah I need to think is... about that because I, I, I don't run that often in the dark. So yeah, it's, it is a real issue for people who's basically nine to five schedule or eight to six schedule, whatever it ends up being in the wintertime. Yeah, it's dark if you've got to uh, get ready and commute to work. And certainly the time you get home, it's dark. Yeah, I mean, there's like that couple months where, yeah. right, like you said, if you're working a, a typical nine to five type job, if you go before work, it's dark. If you go after work, it's dark. Um, So it does just make it way less fun and not everyone has access to a treadmill or something inside. So uh, that can just kind of add to the to the mental challenge of it all. Um, And then kind of more just like recovery tips. Um, I think I'm always reminding people, even when it's cold, we need to drink water. Um, our thirst, what is it? I'm like drawing a blank on the word. Trigger. Yeah. The thirst trigger, the thirst, uh, desire. Yep. Yes. Yes. We don't feel as thirsty in the winter. Um, but you still need to be drinking water. So remembering to do that before, during, after runs, um, same thing. Nutrition probably needs to be the same as always, but just a kind of keeping that in mind, um, you know, depending on where you live, people, you know, veggies are different. Fruits are different. Um, so just trying to keep in mind on like seasonal produce, um, when you're trying to get all those things, uh, nutrition wise, uh, cooling down, right. So you probably don't want to be like out doing your cool down outside much longer. Uh, but you can always make, you know, the end of your, your jog, um, back home, something different. Um, you know, you can do some drills at the end, strides at the end, stuff like that. Uh, and then cool down inside with your stretching mobility, whatever you're kind of doing to ease back into being out of the cold. Um, uh, but also you're not going from, you know, you have, you don't want to skip the cool down just because you're trying yeah. to get inside quicker. Right. Um, and then a big thing, at least you know, for me, and I think a lot of people feel this too, uh, showering or definitely changing as quickly as possible. Um, after your run, I have also been neglecting that lately. Cause it's just like, if I get to run, I'm just happy that happened. And then, you know, kind of got to get back right into life. But then within like 20 minutes, I'm like now shivering in my house. That's 70 degrees. Cause I was cold, but I'm sweaty. Yeah. Um, so showering and or changing, uh, so you're not freezing and more miserable about your cold run is a, is a huge deal. Yeah. Yeah. And, uh, don't be afraid even as a guy or a girl taking that hot bath. That's always good, man. Hot bath. Yeah. For people who have a bathtub. Yeah. <laughs> I, I must admit I'm, I'm that guy. I got a few uh, Christmas gifts that were bath related. So <laughs> I'm known for my bath taking. I did not know you were a bathtub guy. Okay. How I, far? I, I, like for these situations where you're like, you're outside, like I work out in the, in the gym in a garage that's unheated and I keep the garage door open when I'm working out it's really cold and when you come in from yeah. that it's like man it's bone chillingly cold and it's nice to have that hot bath <laughs> oh my gosh yeah. yeah um I'm How now like benefit? imagining is there benefits to running in the cold uh yes I was trying to see if I had any other tips that oh. I pulled off the internet um uh, but I think uh the rest are going to be more like dress related. So yeah, benefits to running in the cold. I mean, we talked about again in our marathon episode that temperature outside can have a huge difference. Um, as much as I like running in the heat and sweating and all that stuff, uh, you, you're, you know, you're going to run, you have the ability to run 
more efficiently, better, faster in the cold because you are not getting as hot so quickly. Um, so, you know, your heart rate's not just immediately spiking because you went outside, it's a hundred degrees, right? So um, you're able to have a little more of that feeling of endurance because you aren't having that overheating happening. Um, yeah, and for- this is a feeling of endurance, right? There's probably some true endurance you can get out of it, right? By being able to run longer period of time before you reach your capacity uh, or your limitations on heart rate, you probably get some cardiovascular benefits from that. Oh yeah. So. No, definitely. Um, and you also are getting, again, these are all things that I'm not like a scientist or a doctor. So these are just like things that I've learned that. So if these are all Have wrong, we no, dude, yeah. we're not doctors, but yeah. <laughs> so if this is wrong and someone's like, you're dumb. Uh, yeah, sorry, me and the rest of the internet. <laughs> um, so increased calorie burn for people who are interested in that, which is not me, um, because you are trying to also stay warm in addition, warmer, in addition to your run, um, you can get more of a calorie burn, um, just because of the body heat that you're producing. So that's just kind of like an interesting, you could call it benefit to yeah. working out in the colds. Yeah, I think, um, it, I think it's a minor benefit, but I think it is certainly is a benefit. And I think most of the studies have been done on cold water, like those, you know, the cold therapy type thing, cold yeah. showers, you know, immersion. But it, it, I think there are some that su- support it being uh, cold weather as well. So, yeah, I don't think it's I don't think you're in any way off based on this one. I don't like, I didn't do like any, you know, independent scientific research. studies. I saw some yeah. scientific studies. So. <laughs> um, we talked a little bit about the, the mental piece. So, but you also get the in, enhanced mental toughness. So you're overcoming those uncomfortable situations. Um, it's also nice for, again, if a lot of people like to do a fall race and fall weather, especially on the East coast, again, can be super finicky. So if you've trained during cold weather, rain, snow, all those things, um, you're going to feel more confident that you're able to train, race, run all through those weird weathers as well. Um, so that can just kind of help a little bit more with your mental toughness, um, increased boost of mood and energy. Again, I talked a little bit about the light, um, but you would assume if you're able to get outside, you're hopefully getting a little bit of light. You're getting some of that nature, um, sunshine, all those things. So gonna, yep. Yeah. Again, if you're running at four, five, six, maybe even seven, some days, it's actually not going to be sunny. Uh, but hopefully you're able to get outside and, um, you know, feel a little bit of those benefits as well. Because again, a lot of us are outside less often when it's cold, uh, and that can wreak havoc on our mental health as well. Um, for me, I often get sicker in the cold and I think we associate cold with illness, but running out in the cold can strengthen our immune system. Again, there have been studies done, uh, which I understand none of them because I've read like nothing besides the actual conclusions, but, um, strengthening your immune system being out there in the cold, obviously, um, if we're just breaking our body down and you're not fueling properly, you're not dressing properly, you're not training in some way that um, makes sense. It's not, you're not going to get benefits like that. But um, if you are following a good plan, uh, have, you know, your nutrition pretty dialed in, you will see, you should see um, a strengthened immune system. Yeah. I think those I some studies it. you read. Yeah. So I saw a couple on that one. No, the ones I was reading were, were focused on um, cold therapy, like, uh, 
11 minutes of a cold shower during the week. So each week it was 11 minutes and not 11 at one time. It was two to four sessions of two to three minutes to get to a total of 11. But anyway, the, the same concept applies with cold weather. And that is that, uh, you know, the body reacts to being cold and the fact that it's got to pull the blood to its core and then it comes back out to the extremities. That, that activity that then creates um, oxygen-rich blood um, to sort of fight off that, helps fight off that infection. So it was a 30% reduction in um, people who called in sick. I think it was a Swiss study. Um, but yeah, I think there's been various studies with similar benefits. And, and that's pretty significant. If you, people who get sick three times a year, you know, like a, a one, almost one third reduction in that, you only get sick twice. Yeah, for that one week that you're sick, it feels great that you're not sick. So uh, yeah. it seem like it's pretty substantial. Like that one to me is the, is the one I would say, I, I hang my head on that one the, the most. I mean, that's the, probably the biggest benefit you're going to get uh, as oh, far as immune sure. health goes. Yeah. Um, caveat to that, though, people who have um, like asthma and like lung things, obviously just be like cognizant of um, the super cold weather temperatures um, and maybe cutting those runs outside a little shorter. When I first... I don't know. It was like probably five years ago. I stopped running outside when it was like 20 or less for longer than 30 minutes. You know, everything was pretty short when I would do that. Um, and I did not get bronchitis like every three months, like I used to in the winter time. So, um, kind of just things to think about for, you know, lung people with lung stuff. Yeah. Um, none of that sounds scientific. I feel like really dumb today, the way I'm talking. I think the next few benefits you're, you're going to hit off are, to me, that they, they seem, I don't know, sort of like there's, there's slight benefits. They're, they're almost like, you know, we're, you know, they're not as, I think they're not as scientific in my mind as the first maybe six or seven. Yeah, I was going to say the rest kind of all just kind of jumbled together of like things possibly that are great about, um, running in the cold or good about running in the cold. Um, well also improved sleep quality, but again, that also varies. Um, some people find exercise to disrupt their sleep. Um, uh, but again, I think it kind of goes to a lot of the studies you were looking at, uh, you know, drop in body temperature after exercise can promote more restful sleep. Yeah. Um, exercise, the key, I think to disruptful sleep, a lot of that ends up being with people who tend to exercise late in the day, um, that yeah. it can ramp you up and it may take longer to fall asleep. But yeah, I think there's there's a lot of studies that do support that exercise itself will help you get a better quality sleep. Yeah, my watch actually, I don't know, I just did an update on it, and every day since I did the update, it's been telling me at you know eight o'clock at night, it's telling me I've had a stressful day, um, and like whatever else that goes with that. But then it tells me I should have exercised today to help reduce mm. my stress, which is kind of interesting. I feel like he's just trying to bully me into working out or something, but <laughs> it's like a really weird, I don't know why that happens with the update. I'm like, why are you telling, like it never used to do that. Uh, I have to figure out how to turn that off. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, it's like maybe go exercise and stop just being stressed. Yeah, so um, I, mean, I mean, if you want, I, I'll run through the next four. Just to oh, give sure. even, I know you've been running through all these and it's your, your newsletter, but I was gonna give you a little bit of a break because you've been talking nonsense. You know, the entire time. So it's, I, I right. feel bad, I, oh. which I'm happy to listen. Um, but I was going to help you out, <laughs> save your throat a little bit. Go for it. Um, so the, you know, I think number seven is around just the changing of the season, sort of enjoying running, enjoying the experience of running. We talked about that in a couple of different situations. And that is an important part of running. It's to, to make the process more enjoyable. You will 
if you're enjoying it more, you're going to run longer, you're going to get more benefits. Um, and so the, the cold, obviously, with the changing of the seasons, the fall, the winter, the snow, all the things you can get. Um, you know, if, you, if, you, if you're willing to run in the cold, if you're not willing to run in the cold, you sort of limit yourself as far as doing group runs in, in, in a social setting. Um, so, you know, putting yourself out there, being willing to run in the cold does open up that opportunity to run with friends, run on a group run, um, you know, find a running group that runs in the wintertime. Uh, and, and including increasing your social score, um, you know, it does help you create variation in your running routine. Um, and, you know, so running in the cold, I think it can, you know, if you ran in the same temperature all the time, ran on a treadmill, you know, whatever you end up doing, if you're doing the same thing over and over and over again, don't have any variety, it, it goes back to sort of that changing of the seasons concept of, you know, that variation improves the running experience. And then there is some argument to say that, you know, with air, um, you know, cold air being more dense, you know, with oxygen can increase the oxygen intake. Uh, and again, help your body be, you know, become more efficient. You know, it, it can work both ways, right? Because you can also restrict the airflow that you have. Like if you're running in the high altitude, you're getting less oxygen and therefore your body produces more red blood cells. But yeah, the, the converse to that would be getting that oxygen can allow you to run faster, run further before you muscle fatigue. Uh, and again, that will improve your performance. So there's, there's two ends of that spectrum, both of which you can benefit from. Yeah. All right. So those are some reasons why you should run in the cold, but also if you're just a person who likes consistency and you live in a place that has changing weather, you're going to be running in the cold and that's just what you do because you like consistency. Um, and now just getting into dressing for the cold. Oh, one thing I also forgot when talking about rewards kind of for, um, helping motivate with the cold weather. Uh, another suggestion was, uh, picking a warm race to do, which is something I think you kind of do in the winter time, right? So if you have the ability to travel somewhere warm sometime during the winter, it might make training in the cold a little easier. Again, obviously it's going to feel like a huge difference if you're running in 20 degree weather, and then you're going to go race in 80 degree weather, which can have its own challenges, but that could be something that's going to help you feel motivated to get out there and get your training done. Cause you are going to be able to run somewhere nice and toasty. Yeah, no, I think it's a great one. Cause I do think, I mean, I, I pick Florida usually because it's, I have a house there, but it, you know, but if I'm going to do it, I do need like, ideally you need like 10 days to get used to the temperature. But if you go into the Carolinas or Virginia or somewhere else where it's at least warmer, more comfortable to do a race, because I think the weekend I was racing, it was actually some up in New York City, right? So it's, I could have gone to New York in December and done a race. I was like, man, that's really risky. I, I, that could really be cold. And I don't really want to dress up in three layers to do a half marathon all out. So, yeah. Yeah. Um, so how to dress. Obviously, this is going to be personal because not only people have preferences to what they like to wear and what they have access to, uh, but also people, some people are just like run hot. Some people run cold. So uh, obviously whatever works for you, but these are just more suggestions. Um, so the first thing obviously is talking about layering, which I think we've said a couple of times too, um, which like is the thing that we all kind of just know in general, whether you run or not, that sometimes dressing layers is important if the weather is going to be changing. Um, so just when considering layering, starting with something moisture wicking as a base layer, uh, to kind of keep sweat off of your skin, you don't want to be kind of trapping all of that in there. 
Uh, obviously we want to trap the heat, but we don't want to be trapping all the sweat and just be wet because that is going to make us very cold. Um, having an insulating layer for warmth. Uh, so I like to do, um, I don't love the Under Armour material, but I will sometimes do like an Under Armour material shirt. I like a fleece. I'll put something like fuzzy on and then love a windbreaker, windproof, water resistant kind of outer layer. Cause I think that does um, not only shield you from the elements, but it also can keep that heat in as well. Um, so those are kind of things to think with layering and we'll get more into like the degree breakdown. Um, yeah. And I think that just to pause for one second, cause I, that it is really more important than uh, maybe some people think. And that is, I made this mistake today. I wore a cotton t-shirt as my first layer. I wore the insulating layer, the, the Under Armour material, a second layer, and I had a hooded sweatshirt as a third layer. That first, co that cotton layer just got soaked with sweat because I was probably had too much on for what was a, probably a high 40s, maybe low 50 day. Mm -hmm. And it, I was freezing as soon as I stopped. I'm like, man, I am really, really cold because that, that, that moisture is still against your skin and it, it, it gets cold really, really quickly. So it yeah. became uncomfortable. Yeah, no, definitely considering like not only that you need to wear layers, but like what layers make sense. Right. Yep. Um, all right. So keeping your head and your hands warm, um, my ears will hurt so, so, so bad if it's like below 50 and I'm not wearing a hat. I know some people don't have that problem, but, um, hat, head warmer, ear covers, anything like that's going to be important to, uh, staying warm. Uh, not only just to roll your ears, be happy, but again, all that heat is leaving the top of your head. Um, so doing, uh, something to keep all of that in, uh, I know they make like fancy running hats that have like, again, like moisture wicking. I don't think I've maybe I've had like maybe one or two like that. I'm super fine with just like, you know, regular beanie type deal uh, or anything of the sort. So, uh, doesn't it be fancy. I don't yeah, I think. Have a thin I have the one we had from, from, uh, Las Vegas, the five yeah. we did there. That one's a thin one. I have that one and I have a real thick one for there that 20 degrees and less. So I just have two versions of it, but you know, it, it makes a big difference whether you have the light one or the, the heavy one. Yeah. You don't need anything crazy. Um, with gloves, uh, again, uh, moisture wicking fine. Um, I have run in those like super like basic cotton. I don't even know if cotton's the right word, but the super basic ones that like everyone has. Right. And I do find running gloves do feel warmer, um, with like the wind and sweat and whatever else. Um, if there's not like that, like windbreakery type material on the outside or some kind of like insulation, uh, because your fingers are now like all spread out and they're not touching each other. It can be really cold. I will sometimes run in mittens as well. Uh, just because I think that's, I, my hands do get so, so, so cold. Um, so I like, you know, a good insulated mitten. Um, so something to keep your hands warm, dry. Uh, I know people sometimes also will do the like hand warmers or something, uh, anything like that to keep from those things getting cold, because again, if you're starting to like feel pain in your fingertips from just because like, that's just going to start fatiguing you mentally. And then it's just all going to kind of crash down after that. Um, yeah, it must be genetic. Cause I had the same problem with when I wear gloves and it's cold, my fingers, because they're separated, they get really, really so cold. cold. Yeah. They almost. So I end up doing is pulling the fingers off it. And so that my hands like a fist inside the, yeah. the palm part of the glove. That really helps. And then my, then the hand stays warm. I don't have an issue. You know, they make, make mittens, right? I do, I do. <laughs> basically I just, describes I like mittens. Have mittens so. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but whatever works. Um, so for, right. 
for legs, um, thermal running tights and pants, essential for cold weather. Uh, make sure you have something windproof as an option. I know I'd mentioned on one of the podcasts recently, uh, my fleece line sweatpants, you get hot wearing those and they're not like super stretchy, which I think you pointed out. Um, but depending on what, you know, if you're going on an easy run, super fine to wear those. Uh, I've also more often done like regular running tights, or if you get the like fleece lined or, you know, super thick running tights, um, and then like windbreaker pants over top. Again, you're going to make that crazy swishing sound the whole time you're running, but who cares? Um, but just keep your legs from getting cold. Again, um, some of those bigger muscle groups I've noticed, like my quads, even though I'm using them and I'm running, um, at that slow pace, sometimes you just, everything starts to just feel very cold because they're, they're further from your body, um, or they're further from the center of your body. And, uh, yeah, I don't know, just tights and things are, you know, you don't get as many layers usually on your legs. Um, yeah. so I'm with you. I have a mind. pair of tights. I have a pair of tights I wear underneath a pair of sweatpants. So, but again, only if it's 20 degrees or, or probably maybe 30, low thirties. And, and below beyond yeah. that i just i mean my legs don't i don't feel it as much in my legs my, my the three things that i get affected by are hands head and then the core if my core is warm hmm. then i don't mind my arms being cold or my legs being like cold but as long as that core is at a good temperature I, i'm okay with the rest of it again maybe i'm unique i don't know but like the legs don't really bother me much at all huh that must be nice um and shoes so again not all of us have the luxury of like a bunch of different pairs of running shoes uh, but keeping your feet dry if possible is obviously going to keep them warmer so any kind of like you know sporty sock moisture wicking socks will be better to keep your feet dry and warm um, thicker socks if you're able to fit them in your running shoes um, and then if you do have the ability to get fancier running shoes they do make uh, I know like Brooks has some Adidas has some those like waterproof running shoes. So again, um, that's just going to help with puddles, moisture. They do just also feel warmer because it's just a different material. So like, you know, a lot of our running shoes can have a lot of mesh and different, you know, that kind of thing. That's going to be nice and breathable, but again, it's going to be very chilly, uh, in the winter time. And then if you're thinking about running in, um, slushier kind of conditions, having some kind of way to have traction on your shoes and they sell so many different kinds of things, for that, but also just like different kinds of trail running shoes can have different traction for slippery surfaces. Um, with that too, though, if you do, you know, I, you don't want to put wet running shoes on probably ever, but especially in the cold. Um, so super simple way is just balling up that newspaper, crumpling it up into the bottom, um, and then changing it as that gets completely wet to help dry your shoes out overnight. Um, anything on shoes? Yeah, you know, I, 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 I'm a simple guy and I've always just wore either thick socks or thin socks and yeah, um, and then the same pair of running shoes every time. So I, after reading this list, though, I did, I'm like, nah, I, should, I really do need probably some like, moisture wicking socks, maybe some thermal socks. Um, and maybe if I'll invest in some shoes beyond the ones I have, I'll get the ones that, because mine are mesh yeah. and they do get cold. Like if it gets wet, it was wet today. And it does, your feet gets really cold after running, you know, an hour outside in you know, what's 40 degrees. So, yeah, no, exactly. Um, those, those waterproof shoes are nice, um, expensive, but nice. Um, and then also thinking of exposed skin, um, some people like to wear some kind of like, you know, neck gaiter, neck warmer kind of thing to keep your mouth possibly covered, neck at least covered. Um, 
but I don't love that, but I also, my skin gets really sensitive. So like considering Vaseline or something, if you're really out there in the cold to help protect your skin a little bit um, from that. And then moving into kind of different temperature guidelines, which again, different conditions, you know, 50 degrees here is not going to feel like 50 degrees in the desert. Um, so kind of keeping that in mind too, uh, things will change with humidity, hot humidity, uh, you want more breathable fabrics, you know, cold humidity, you're kind of screwed. Um, but so 50 degrees, uh, you know, short sleeve, long sleeve, I'm definitely 50 degrees long sleeve for sure. Uh, moisture wicking if possible, maybe uh, lightweight shorts or leggings, kind of like, you know, your typical like base layer for things, breathable socks, your running shoes, um, you know, then like the normal protection of like sunglasses, you know, hat, sunscreen, whatever. Uh, of course, now my computer says it's dying soon. So well, good thing we're almost done. Yeah, um, I, think it, I mean, this is one of them, for me, at least it's one of those zones where it's like, yeah, I can, I'm pretty comfortable running at 50. You're, gen, you're generating heat. As long as you got some long sleeve shirt on, you know, maybe a, a hooded sweatshirt. I find that to be comfortable. Uh, yeah. I could go with one layer, but, you know, I probably end up using two layers just because I, I don't mind being a little bit warmer. Yeah, 50 degrees and rainy is going to be 50 different than 50 degrees and sunny. Um, so that's where you're going to get those different layers. Uh, and then 40 degrees, you're looking at long sleeves, um, maybe some kind of light jacket, probably like long sleeves and like a windbreaker kind of thing. Um, or again, like sweatshirt, depending on what your your weather is like, um, your tights or sweatpants kind of deal. At that point, you might be considering gloves um, to keep your hands warm. At that point, I'm definitely wearing a hat um, to keep my head warm. And then as always like breathable socks. Um, and yeah, like I said, something lightweight wind resistant jacket could be helpful, whether it's windy or wet. Um, but also like things that are easy to tie around your waist. I know like not all good, like not all material is going to be easy to make that like not to tie around your waist if you're going to have to run with it. So, um, I kind of try to keep that in mind on what kind of outer layer I'm going to be wearing. Cause again, I, I'm, I get a little finicky when I'm out there. Um, so yeah, what is going to be something that can tie easily? That's not going to be like falling off slipping. If I am trying to change, um, my layering now, 30 degrees freezing, um, <laughs> like a thermal base layer, or, you know, you're looking at that under armor type material. Um, I like more of like a waffly type, um, like I said, thermal kind of deal, uh, long sleeve shirt, insulating mid layer, like a fleece, um, considering a sweatshirt running jacket. Uh, running tights are probably fine, but again, I think all of us who've worn running tights know there's so many different, um, yeah. thicknesses and weights. So you're looking at probably a thicker version of them. They make so many that are like fleece lined that don't have like, you know, they're not like Sherpa lined, but they are like a thicker material. That's going to be helpful. Uh, you know, your gloves, your hat, um, you know, insulated socks. Now you're thinking of something a little warmer for your feet. Cause you are going to be pretty chilly. And then um, yeah, I'll probably be wearing a scarf or something at that point, um, just to keep you no know, wind from going down, um, you know, depending on what the top of your shirt is going to look like. Uh, and then again, always consider at this point, a windbreaker water resistant kind of jacket type deal, um, as an option, depending on what the weather looks like, because I think that, like a windbreaker can, you know, it doesn't, you don't think of that as like adding heat, but, um, when you're out there and like just something that's going to stop the elements from getting through or kind of hold the heat in a little bit, uh, I feel like it can make a huge difference. 
um, when out on a run. And then 20 and below, again, that can vary greatly depending on like where you live, um, what time of day you're running, all of those things is going to feel super different. Uh, always make sure you're paying attention to the weather and knowing, you know, kind of what the weather patterns look like where you're at, because, uh, you know, weather can change fast, whether it's for the better or for the worse. And you really don't want to get caught out in the snow, in a storm, um, in a potential, like, you know, now you're going to get frostbite kind of thing, uh, which I think we talked about very briefly in another episode too, of like risky weather and running in different kinds of conditions um, and, you know, losing, getting injured or getting hurt or, you know, worse than that over getting your run in is, is definitely not worth it. So things to think about. Although I got to say, I, well, one, I haven't seen snow in like a couple of years, but two, uh, <laughs> running in the snow sounds like fun. I mean, I, you talk about changing the seasons being fun. I mean, to me, running in the snow sounds like fun. And I agree. Yes. This won't be fun if you get frostbite or if you get, you know, lost. But, um, yeah. Yeah. So, okay, fine. All right, I'll take that. But again, if you're, if you're running close to home and you know you're out and it's back roads, not the main roads where people are going to slip and hit you with the car, it's got to be fun to run in the snow. Oh, yeah. I love running in the snow. Um, That just immediately made me think of I don't even know what these like I sound like such an old person um it's like not a meme but it's like just like a video that people post all the time um and it's like some woman and it's like a real news report or whatever and this woman's doing like um you know she's out in the middle of the street with the snow and she's like reporting on the cold weather and these two runners come up to her and she's like asking I guess like oh is it too cold to run or something and I'm like probably butchering this and people hopefully people know what I'm talking about um they're like oh no this is like perfect running weather or whatever and they're just it's like runners being crazy right talking about like the snowy streets it's perfect weather have you seen this and then they start to run away and they both like fall on the ice the the camera catches it yeah I know I have to search and see it because I have not seen that one uh, I'll have to try to find it because I've seen it so many times and it just like comes up randomly. But yeah, it's just really funny because it's like, they're like, oh, no, this is amazing. And she's like, oh, right, should you guys be out here running? And then they just both like wipe out. Um, but anyway, so yes, 20 and below, you're you're thinking all the layers, um, you know, that thermal moisture wicking, hopefully base layer. You got your fleece, you get your jacket, you get, you know, sweatshirt, windproof, whatever it is. Um, they make so many different insulated running jackets. I have um a heated jacket now that has you know different little heats yeah i know i'm like a crazy really? person <laughs> yeah <What? laughs> yeah josh got it for me when um i run in it sometimes but it gets so hot that like i don't really run in it often because i would just be sweaty so much but um i was using that for when i was coaching the kids all winter and just like you know standing there talking freezing so um but yeah like a heated jacket might be nice um yeah. but yeah now you're thinking like two layers of pants possibly depending on what kind of pants you're wearing um, those winter shoes, if you have the option for insulated shoes, um, hat, gloves, something to cover your face, um, hand warmers, foot warmers, if that's, you know, something that's necessary because it is getting so cold. Um, so at this point, you're kind of just thinking all layers to stay warm. Um, and again, at this point, you might also be considering limiting the amount of time you're spending outside again, depending on what the weather feels like. Yeah, this one seems that. like you're you're in the danger category, right? I mean, thirty, you know, if you're thirty degrees, maybe it's yes, yes, it could freeze, and certainly forty and fifty are not really in any health dangers, I wouldn't think. Not a doctor, um, but twenty <laughs> degrees to me and below, it it does feel like that's that's a risk where someone's taking. Again, not that you shouldn't do it, you should do it still, but but you should prepare. Mm-hmm. You should maybe stay close to home. 
so if you do have a problem, don't be five miles from home where now, okay, I've got no one to pick me up. I've got to walk home because I've got some issue with a cramp or whatever it is. You know, so, so be thoughtful of what your route's going to be, where you're going to be, how you're going to get home if there is a problem. Um, cause yeah, it, it, it hurts sometimes to breathe in that 20 degree air. <gasps> like, Whoa. Yeah. Uh, I also don't like to run with something all over my face. I don't, I don't want to run with a, with like a ski mask, like you're about to rob a bank. <laughs> <laughs> right. No, exactly. Um, and then some people do find, like, I would feel like I'm smothering myself if I'm wearing like a, you know, something over my mouth, but some people are, they don't have the problem with that. And, you know, having that like moisture and warmth that you're breathing in and out, like helps with that. But, um, again, yeah use caution as it's starting to get cold because things can just get a little, um, iffy, but that's kind of just a breakdown on running in the cold. Um, hopefully there was something novel in that because I know people are always talking about cold weather running. Um, and then I like a few things. So. there you go. Okay. Yeah. So I'll, I'll assume it, something was positive there new for people. Um, next week we're gonna be talking about running slash racing etiquette. And I think we'd mentioned that prior to that we were going to be talking about that uh please 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 feel free to write in with any um of the running etiquette you either follow or you know people follow or you think people should follow uh we had a lot of good feedback on social media from uh, that we'll be discussing all the things people have been saying um but would love to get as much as possible because again i think i mentioned in the episode where we talked about this that i like didn't really have much and you kind of had like one or two things so uh, we are open to having lots of different suggestions for us to chat about. Although uh, after researching time. it, by the way, so I only had one or two when I first, when I talked to you last week, but after researching, I'm like, yeah, you know what? That one bothers me too. You know what? I've probably done this one. So I feel bad, but yeah, I've done that one too. <laughs> okay. Then it'll be interesting because, um, I had feelings about a lot of the ones that I saw, even though there was a lot of repeats, um, on social media. So it'll be interesting, but yeah, definitely email us or comment on, you know, if it's on the YouTube comment, some of your, your running etiquette thoughts. Um, so we can check it out. Thanks. Thank you for tuning in. Make sure you rate, review, subscribe, all the things that you can do for a podcast that you enjoy listening to. Make sure you check out social media, our website, any of those things. If you have questions, comments, interview requests, feel free to email me at marikeerunclub at gmail.com. Thank you.